0: Good luck editing my part in this episode, because no I'm just all over the place. <laughs> all, all good. All good.
1: Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy.
0: And I'm your other host, Mary.
1: And each week, we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. How's it going? It's going okay. How are you?
0: I am okay.
1: I'm uh I guess I'm a little salty. This is gonna be stupid, but <laughs> You
0: salty? What? Yeah unheard of.
1: I know. A colleague of mine is having mm-hmm. a baby. Uh his wife is due next month, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Y'all know how I feel about baby showers and in that I hate them. <laughs> With good reason. I wasn't invited to the baby shower which again, great, mm-hmm. except that I found out that they invited our department head to the baby shower. Hmm. And I'm just a little miffed because I've known this person for like 15 years. And our department head has known him for like two seconds. <laughs> so I'm just a little insulted, I guess, Yeah, to not be invited. <laughs>
0: understandable i sometimes feel that way as well when there's a thing i don't want to go to and then i'm not invited to it and i'm like well fuck you then (laughs) exactly (laughs) i think that's understandable yeah so i'm just just
1: a little insulted about it and yeah uh, that's just been living in my head for a minute so i thought i'd share it's okay
0: (laughs) i would i would also
1: be annoyed by that i only even know that the baby shower is occurring today because i was walking out of work on Friday, and our department had mentioned it as part of their weekend plans. Ugh. So that's annoying. that's fun. Yeah. My boss was also invited. Um, I think she was gonna go, but that I'm not. He's known higher. her almost as long as me, so.
0: <laughs> Did he invite any of your coworkers, or maybe he was only kissing up and inviting the higher ups?
1: That's what I'm kind of wondering. I'm yeah. gonna. I don't want to ask all of them because I think that's weird. But yes,
0: agree. <laughs> they're.
1: There are one or two that I would expect if he were to invite coworkers, he'd invite yeah. them. So I might quietly ask one of them mm. on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So Stupid other than coworkers.
0: That, yeah. other than that, I've just been playing video games. That's a good good way yeah. to spend your time.
1: Yeah. How about you? How huh? yeah. what's up with you?
0: We so I'm mostly finally mostly done with all of my semester work. So I've been able to take a little bit of a break for myself. Um, I realized as I was editing the podcast that I talked about how I edit at work sometimes. And I probably should clarify, I'm not editing during my workday. I'm (laughs) editing after my workday while I'm killing time between work and orchestra. Because I don't go home because it would be a waste of driving time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to clarify that bit first. But I've been working a ton. And now, like I said, most of the stuff's done. So I was actually able to take Friday off because I had worked until midnight on Tuesday. Sweet. So I was like, you know what? I worked 16 hours on Tuesday. I'm taking Friday off. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So that was nice. And then what did I do? I went, I did, you know, I've done some running. I'm trying to get more exercise in. I did some yoga. Uh, I have spent more time playing the power washing simulator with Geoffrey. Nice. Yeah. Because, you know, like you do when you're <laughs> an old playing video games, <laughs> you play power washing simulators. <laughs> what else have I done? What else did I do yesterday? I did. Oh, right! I'm teaching a personal training class, personal ah. training certification class. That's what I did yesterday. I was there. Ah, was that fun? Yeah, I like it. It's. I. I wouldn't really do it if it wasn't fun anymore. It's fun.
1: Do you get a lot of beach body coaches coming through there?
0: Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, why
1: would they get certified? They, just they wouldn't get themselves. certified. That's the
0: problem. I know, you know, no offense to any of you that are a beach body coach, but you're not a real fitness coach. I'm sorry, but you're not. <laughs> And this is from somebody who has many, many, many certifications to verify that I am, in fact, a personal (laughs) trainer and exercise physiologist and fitness coach. And I'm sorry, one of my pet peeves is the Fit Body Coaches. And the reason that it makes me so angry is because when I really needed a new job and was searching for a job online and I would type things like personal trainer or fitness coach in my job search, all that would come up was Beach Body. And that is not a real job because that is not like a salaried position it's not money that you can count on it's a pyramid scheme and also if you're not certified you are not a fitness coach i will come back down off of my soapbox now sometimes i like to just set you up on there i know you do because you're the worst you're mean (laughs) kathy's mean it's for the entertainment of all (laughs) for the
1: greater good i do these things
0: gee thanks well, maybe I've now just like insulted a whole bunch of our listeners who, for all we know, they're all fit body coaches. And now we're going to yeah. use all of Sorry, all our listeners.
1: <laughs> I don't know if it comes as a surprise that we're not fond of MLMs. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so. Again, if any of you are a fit body coach or beach life, whatever, nothing personal. This is just my opinion as a fitness professional who is actually certified and has degrees and all that fun stuff. And also, you know, over a decade of experience and, you know, but what does that matter? <laughs> so Kathy knows this because there's a person in a running group that she and I are both members of, and this person, as well as a separate friend of ours, have both tried to get me to become a Beachbody coach. And I'm like, no, why no. would I do that? What is the benefit to a person with my credentials to become a Beachbody coach? <sighs> no. But yet they've both tried really hard, especially this one person in our running group has tried so hard to get me to join Ugh. her beach body team. And I just eventually ended up having to start ignoring her because every time that I talked to her, she was just like, hey, want to join my team Ugh. now? You're ready to join my team? No, never. <laughs> <laughs> I work at an actual gym. I have real clients, <laughs> not just people who are buying videos from me. Yeah.
1: Do you know who else uh, steps outside... Into someone else's area of expertise.
0: Was this whole thing a Floyd a segue? No, but I just thought of it. Fair. It works. It does work. Who else, Kathy, steps outside of their area of expertise, but pretends that it's their area of expertise? Uh,
1: that would be, uh, I guess, Dr. Felger, Jay Felger, who is in this episode that we are about to talk about. Indeed.
0: Who Am I supposed to know him from something else?
1: No. Oh, okay. No, I was just using his
0: whole name. Because I for sure recognized one of these guys from well, something yes. else. Yes. But I didn't think it was Felger.
1: <laughs> no, it's not Felger. The other one is Coombs who Coombs, which always Coombs made me
0: think of Jeffrey Coombs. <laughs> That's
1: a mathematically perfect name. Which is a different person from Star Trek. <laughs> exactly. So, so what
0: are we talking about today?
1: Today we're talking about Stargate SG1 season six, episode eight, the other guys. <laughs> Or the other guys. I don't know why I said the other guys like that. The other guys. The other guys. The
0: other guys. (laughs) The other guys. Any of those iterations. (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. I like that your name is Fizzy Water is Life, by the way, today. I have two seltzers and a Diet Coke on this table. Nice. (laughs) Excellent. I'm kind of jealous. I do have some tea, which is nice, and some water, but I have nothing fizzy. Nice. But I love hot drinks almost as much as I love fizzy drinks. That is fair. Mm -hmm. On this gross rainy day. Yeah. I like hot coffee, but
1: I already had coffee and I'm done with coffee for today. Same. And I like hot tea when it's cold.
0: It's not Mm. cold enough for me to drink hot tea, but I've been drinking iced tea. It feels cold. Physically feels cold, but like just feels chilly because it's a greery, gray, dreary, rainy day. I like dreary; me... That's good. Greary. <laughs> I like when it's not raining. I like an overcast day that is warm. I yeah. like that. Yeah. But when it's raining, no, not, not as much, especially when it's pouring. And then my dog kept me up all night because she was afraid of the thunder. Aww. And the lightning. And yeah. I'm running on very little sleep and mostly just caffeine today. Also, I haven't eaten breakfast, so I'm really just running on caffeine at this point. Nice. Yep. Gee, which dog was that? I wonder. <laughs> my scare bear Lily. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. yeah, practically sitting on my head. She normally smash bears into my legs, but when it starts to thunder and lightning, she comes up between us and just <laughs> curls up between our heads or on our heads and <laughs> shivers and then readjusts herself every five seconds to try to get more up into our personal space and poor baby yeah that's rough <laughs> poor you <laughs> <laughs> it's fine everything's fine totally fine so Stargate huh <laughs> yeah Stargate huh
1: <laughs> we start on a ghoul planet uh, Jaffa comes in to see the ghoul who's just hanging out on his throne like you do hmm this is uh, Kansu who I looked up briefly is the Egyptian god of the moon oh Interesting. I didn't have any fun, creepy stories lined up about him, though. So just general fun fact, he could influence the fertility
0: of both people and livestock. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Did you notice that he looked very much like Zoolander?
1: He did look like Zoolander. (laughs) I didn't think of that
0: until you said that, but yeah, he had
1: he definitely had some kind of look. And I was trying to figure it out, but that is perfect. Zoolander is is perfect.
0: So in my head, he is Lord Zoolander. (laughs) (laughs) But does he do blue steel? Blue steel? I don't know. (laughs) He was wearing you know he was wearing red. (laughs) Not blue. Yeah. They're the same face! All I could think, though, was, obey my dog, which is not a Zoolander (laughs) quote, but is from that movie. And it just kept coming into my head the entire time, because it's the best part of the movie. It's ridiculous. (laughs) I I love that movie. Um, (laughs) It is surprisingly entertaining. Yeah, yeah,
1: Insanely dumb, but so funny. Yes,
0: exactly. And I never had any desire to see it. I'm pretty sure I only watched it because you probably made me watch
1: it. And then I was like,
0: oh, it's actually kind of funny. My favorite
1: part is it just cracks me up so much when they've got the model of the building and he gets so <laughs> offended. Yes, how can any how can they teach children to read if they don't fit in the building? It just, it just makes me laugh so hard every time. It is it's so really dumb, stupid. Yeah, but it really is. fantastic. Stargate, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Lord Zoolander here is giving his first prime i'm assuming a mission and that is that some enemies of theirs known as sg1 are vulnerable they're gonna go capture them
0: and bring them back to lord zoolander alive (laughs) did you also notice how crazy this first prime's eyebrows were no just (laughs) huge eyebrows (laughs) i didn't notice i i thought his face was a little um
1: Cherub-like, but... It was. But <laughs> the eyebrows were the distracting eyebrows. to me. Mm.
0: That's that scene. It and is. then we
1: have credits.
0: Yes. And then after the credits, we're on some planet with some nerdy scientists being kind of creepy. One of them named Coombs, as we already discussed, reminded me of Jeffrey Coombs. And this was played by John Billingsley, also known as Dr. Flocks. They are preparing to mate. Do you think they might let me watch? So... That was pretty great.
1: I noticed that timing-wise, it seems like mm-hmm. he was on Enterprise
0: at the he, time he filmed yeah, this. Yes, he was. I actually double-checked. It would have been about two years into Enterprise when this was filmed. So that would explain why they kept making so many Star Trek references. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever, Or his character in particular kept making a bunch of Star Trek references. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> That's what got me thinking of that. I was like, he keeps referring to Star Trek. Is this at the same time? Yes, yes it is. Yes. <laughs> Please, people, watch our show. (laughs) Yes. Enterprise isn't doing so well. Please. We know that this show's popular. Maybe Maybe. Stargate will make our show popular. Maybe. (laughs) I actually enjoyed Enterprise for the first one or two seasons. And then, you know, then they never continued it beyond that. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. I have no choice but to
1: believe you because I think I only saw a few episodes of the first season. And that's all I've seen so far.
0: I will get around to watching it eventually when my mood takes me that way. That's fair. It wasn't as bad on the rewatch as it was the first time through, but I absolutely hated everything beyond the second season (laughs) the first time I watched it. It was more tolerable the second time around, but first and second season are better. Especially the first one. Anyway, Stargate. (laughs) Stargate. They're studying the rings. They've got some rings. This kind of answers our question, I guess, as to whether or not they need receiving rings. Oh, yeah. Because we had joked before that... Sometimes it seems they do, sometimes it seems they don't, but here they're specifically studying rings that are set into the ground in the middle of the desert. This other guy, Myers, says that it suggests some sort of standardization because they're all exactly the same mass of 12.9 metric tons. (laughs) That gets them to talking about whether the Goul will have a big plant somewhere where they just stamp these things out, (laughs) which is pretty funny. They're just going back and forth about the rings and they go over to Felger, who is not paying attention to the conversation at all. So we've got three nerdy scientists. We've got Coombs, also known as Dr. Phlox. And then we've got Myers and Felger, who is just so starstruck with SG-1 that he's not paying attention <laughs> at all. It's only Teal'c and Jack that are there, but they're off in the distance talking. And Felger's just creepily staring <laughs> at them <laughs> intently from a distance. And I was wondering how sg didn't manage to notice him blatantly staring at them and talking about them and how cool they are. And they're in the presence of greatness here. And it was weird. I think they knew and just didn't care. That's entirely possible. (laughs) Yeah. So Felger is totally fanboying out about Jack and Teal'c being there. And he wants to know what they're talking about right now. So of course they show Jack and Teal'c close up, and they're talking about the Stanley Cup, or Lord Stanley's Cup, as Jack calls it. Because <laughs> Jack wants to know what Teal'c's opinion is on who might win this year. And because I know nothing about hockey, I don't know if it was a joke when Tilk says that he believes the Canucks of Vancouver are superior warriors. Yeah, I
1: wondered if it was just like a shout-out to where they were. <laughs> yeah, filming. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I would guess it's probably because, yes, this is filmed in Vancouver, but... I don't know how much of a joke that is, especially because it's early 2000s hockey. <laughs> yeah, I know nothing. Nope. I didn't
1: even know there was a Canucks of Vancouver. So. No,
0: me neither. Yeah. Go Canucks. They decide to go get lunch, so they head over to where all the scientists are, because I guess that's where the lunch stuff is being kept. Felger tries to make himself look important by <laughs> patting Coombs on the back and telling him he's doing a good job and carry on. Jack asks what progress they're making or if they're making any progress even. Felger again tries to kind of inflate what they're doing and says there's big stuff going on. Big. But he can't give a full report to Jack right now. And Jack doesn't care. (laughs) Save it for Carter. We just want food. Tilk seems a little bit more interested in what they're doing and is making small talk with them and asks if they're nearing the end of their research. As they continue small talk, Felger keeps So This is only worth mentioning because I thought it was so amusing. Tilk's reaction. Felger fanboys out about how they've saved the planet seven times. And Tilk (laughs) is like, eight. (laughs) Jack asks, you're counting? And Tilk just had such a great (laughs) expression. A little eyebrow raise, a shoulder shrug, and a tiny little smile. It was fabulous. Suddenly Sam calls in and says that they've got an urgent message from General Hammond. Jack is on his way to... Somewhere doesn't actually say yeah yet, but he and Teal'c are going to go off to place.
1: Did you notice how Felger was standing Davis close to Jack when oh, he was on the not, radio? No. <laughs> Davis close. <to> him. <laughs>
0: That's fantastic. No, I did not notice that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> so they're going to go off and do whatever it is that Teal'c and Jack need to do, and they tell the science nerds to hang out, don't leave. Under any circumstances, just stay right where they are, no matter what. But if they're not back in an hour, then just go home. Yeah. (laughs) Those are orders. At some point
1: within that hour, I guess, still, because they did not leave. Yes. Felger is concerned that the team is not back yet. Coombs is like, whatever. They're just messing with you. But Felger is convinced something's wrong. Coombs does take a moment to mock Felger to his face about yes. his fanboy attitude. Tell me how you finally defeated Apophis, Colonel O'Neill, Major Carter, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then Felger is like, At least my heroes exist. And if this was a Star Trek convention, you'd be dressed up like a Klingon. <laughs> and Coombs gets very indignant and is like, A Vulcan!
0: <laughs> I don't even remember what race of being Phlox actually belongs I to, what the name of either. it is. But it would have been way more funny if they said he would have been dressed up like that. True.
1: And Coombs further,
0: though, says that
1: he doesn't know how you can call yourself a scientist and not worship at the altar of Roddenberry.
0: <laughs> That's a little too far. Yeah. <laughs> Much as I love Star Trek, it's a little too
1: far. <laughs> yeah. They're just bickering. It's very funny, though. I
0: do enjoy it. Yes. Denobulin. That's what Phlox is. Ah, Okay. Maybe that would have been too, uh, too
1: on the news, too, too on the news, niche. but also, yeah, too niche. That's the word yeah. I'm looking for. Cause Fair.
0: nobody knew what they were yet then yeah. unless you were watching enterprise.
1: Yeah. And if you don't watch star Trek, you probably still have an idea of what a Klingon or a Vulcan is Truth. just from pop culture. Very true. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there are people who don't, and that is
0: fine. No, it's not to each their own. No, I don't trust people that don't like star Trek. <laughs> So you're coombs here. Sorry to any of you listening who don't watch Star Trek. <laughs> I'm just going to alienate all of our listeners inadvertently in this episode.
1: I think you're more likely to alienate people. Actually, who is? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. Let's skip back. I don't to imagine
0: there's a large cross section of people who hate Star Trek and love Beachbody. That that's to. true. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there is. I hope not. <laughs>
1: But but Stargate, that's my jam. <laughs> Beachbody and Stargate. Yep. Uh, the third scientist, Myers, tells them to stop their bickering because they are going to try to get some of this stuff that they're toying with to work. But then <gasps> a ghouled ship flies over them. Uh-oh. And they're like, uh-oh. What are they doing here? And they realize that they are there for SG-1, Felger gets on the radio to warn Jack they're under fire so they already know that and they tell him to stay there and stay away and don't
0: do anything it's good that he takes time out of the firefight to return yeah to talk back into the radio as they're actively being fired upon (laughs) (laughs) after Felgar is dismissed by Jack he still keeps trying to radio to everybody anyway All the science guys run over to try to see what's going on, and they get there pretty much just in time to see SG-1 being ringed up onto the ship. They, of course, are like, "Uh uh-oh, SG-1's in trouble. We need to help. In particular, Felger was the only one that really wanted to help. (laughs) Coombs was trying to talk sense into him being like, Jack told us to stay put, but are they going to do that? No, of course not. Felger keeps trying to call SG-1 on the radio, even though they've just been ringed up. And, of course, that doesn't work. So, long story short, their plan is that they're going to send Myers back to Earth to tell Hammond about what's happening. And then Coombs and Felger are going to use the other set of rings that they've been studying over here, in this different place, (laughs) to ring themselves up onto the mothership and try to pull a rescue mission.
1: I do want to say they are really hammering this never leave somebody behind thing this season in a way
0: that
1: it was not so over earlier in seasons. Yes. Like it's,
0: yeah. (laughs) Right, because that is basically the argument that they're using for why they need to go and rescue SG-1 because you don't leave a man behind. And obviously the episode that we just talked about with Jack and his hagfish was very centrally focused on that too. So that's how Felger is able to convince Coombs (laughs) To go with him. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. though Myers is like, but you're just a lecturer in residence at MIT. What are you going to do? <laughs> Daniel is just a scientist. Come on. Right? Yeah. Jonas exactly. Quinn's a scientist. Right. Scientists can be action heroes, too. Absolutely. I'm going to go be an action hero. Screw yeah. this podcasting and teaching stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Long story short. They ring themselves up onto the ship, and I was wondering how nobody noticed that there were rings activated on the ship, because haven't they even mentioned before that that would be noticeable on the Peltac or something?
1: Yeah, I don't know why they don't notice. Yeah, but they don't. It's a good thing they don't notice, because as soon as they ring up... Felger closes
0: his eyes and starts shooting. Right. How did he know that SG-1 wasn't standing like right there? He could have accidentally shot them. It's one of my favorite scenes
1: in all of the series, though. It's just (laughs) so ridiculous. It is very ridiculous. I just loved it so much. There's no one around when they get
0: there, so they're able to just head out. (laughs) Yeah. They just head out. Conveniently empty hallways. Yes, yes. I was also wondering how they didn't get shot by any of their own ricochet. That is a good question.
1: But they didn't. No, but it was funny, so it's okay. Yeah.
0: Well, I was less <laughs> amused. <you know? laughs> I was more annoyed. It's fine. I was just laughing. The so lack much. of discipline. <laughs> it was so dangerous. I know. <laughs> I'm glad you were entertained. Are yeah. you not entertained?
1: <laughs> On Earth, Myers has come from the planet to tell Hammond, that SG One has been kidnapped, and <laughs> that Felger and Coombs are to the rescue. And Hammond is like,
0: "What?" He is not as pleased, <laughs> no, as I think Myers expected him to be. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot
1: of uh, fury in that. Yes, <laughs> they did. Hammond what? is quite
0: angry. Yeah, <laughs> on the mothership. Coombs and Felger are just wandering around. Felger supposedly has the schematics to this ship memorized somehow. So he is acting like he knows where he's going, but then they keep having to turn around and go back the way they came. So he clearly does not actually know where they're going. (laughs) They're just kind of wandering aimlessly about the ship, continuing to conveniently not run into any Jaffa. Well, I think they were hiding in the walls. They legit hid unlike everyone
1: else who just uses the nooks and crannies did they because they're like going down the hall
0: to they were crawling they were on their stomachs oh were they yeah i don't remember i granted i just watched this yesterday you would think i would (laughs) but i don't (laughs) that's right they were okay meanwhile elsewhere in a holding cell we find sg1 Sam is surprised that Jonas isn't smiling, and he wants to know why he should be smiling. Sam's like, it's your first time being captured by the gold. (laughs) And of course, that makes Jonas smile. (laughs) Jonas wants to know if shouldn't they be trying to escape. Jack says no, that they shouldn't be trying to escape yet. But before he can elaborate as to why, he counts down saying that the Jafar are going to show up, specifically the overdressed top bad guys are going to float in gloating. He counts down. The door does not open, but then it shortly does open after his count finishes. The same guy from before comes in. His name is Herak, and he says he is the first prime. Jack says it's impressive, and he wants to see a resume in case Herrick wants a job. And Herak's like, but I captured you. And Jack's like, oh, okay, then you've got the job. Herrick does a little bit of threatening, of course, and then leaves. And Jack asks Tilk how his resume gag was. And Tilk says, it needs work.
1: <laughs> Felger and Coombs are still uh, slinking through the ship. They're still arguing about how Felger doesn't know where they're going. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They get out of the vent they were in. They're bickering. They're also doing it loudly. Again, how were they not caught? I don't understand.
0: I don't know either. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Even though they are in the ductwork here, you would think that somebody would hear them. Yeah. (laughs) Also, they're able to, like, track heat signatures and stuff on the the control centers, the Peltax. So anyway,
1: that's not what happens. Felger's like, let's go this way. And then he turns back around because they went the wrong way again. Yeah. Then he finds the right way. And Felger is doing his best to cosplay as an SGC team member because he's wandering around, looking around corners with his gun out. Like, he's trying it badly. Yes. (laughs) This man is so cheesy. And he was perfectly cast, too, because he has the cheesiest
0: smile, like, the whole time, too. Yeah, (laughs) he does. And then he has, like, the weird brave hero voice that he uses on occasion whenever he's talking to Jack, basically. Yeah, <laughs> Which is totally different from his regular speaking voice. Yeah. Yep. In the holding cell, there's a weird whistling sound. <laughs> Jonas is like, it's not a bird? They realize that it's coming from some panels, and then they also hear voices coming from those panels, talking about how they need to cut the power to remove the magnetic force that's holding those panels in place they take the panel off and it's of course felger and coombs hiding behind that panel and jack <laughs> wants to know what the hell they're doing there <laughs> felger heroically says we're here to rescue you stand easy and jack's like great and also it's coombs <laughs> <That's> <laughs> through clenched teeth <laughs> clearly not happy to see them no no <laughs> Jack mentions the fact that he told them to go home. That was an order, but Felger points out that they never leave a man behind again. (laughs) Jack's like, cool, but we let ourselves be captured. It was part of a plan. We're on a mission. And you're an idiot. (laughs) So they go back and forth. Felger's begging forgiveness. They shouldn't be angry, but Coombs is blaming Felger. And that was all his idea because Coombs doesn't want to get in trouble. Felger wants to know why SU-1 didn't tell Coombs. The scientists of the plan and this plan apparently has been in place for weeks, but they didn't know when they were going to have to actually allow themselves to be captured because apparently Lord Zoolander is a Tok'ra in hiding, pretending to be a system lord, and they needed to wait to hear from the Tok'ra to know exactly when this plan was going to happen, essentially. I call bullshit on this. They could have said something. Right? Right. Especially
1: when Sam was like, we got an urgent message from Hammond. They could have said, look, guys, this is what's going to happen. Go home. Right. They could have.
0: (laughs) But their excuse was that it had to look like a surprise or whatever. But yeah, they could have very easily said, time to go home. Why even bother saying if we're not back in an hour, go home. Just some, you know what? Go home. We'll catch up. Yeah. Even if they didn't want to say what the plan was. Yeah if he knew he was about to be captured or they were about to be captured, why tell them to wait for an hour before going home? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't make any sense. No. But it led
1: to hilarious hijinks, so
0: it's okay. It's <laughs> true. Sure. sure. <laughs> Felger tries to point out that they got up there undetected, so they haven't ruined the plan yet. And then just then, the- some more Jaffa come up. And one of them, the main one in the middle, has some crazy eyebrows also that look like <laughs> they were drawn on with a Sharpie very badly. It was... <laughs> Oddly distracting. His name is Dolak, and he is a free Jaffa, and he is loyal to Kansu the Tok'ra, he says. He is going to maybe take them to go see Lord Zoolander, except that then he notices that there are some extra feet hiding behind (laughs) SG-1. (laughs) Felger and Coombs, who were trying to hide behind the team, have been discovered, and Jack asks if... Dolak can maybe stow them in some out-of-the-way place Mm -hmm. or something. (laughs) And Dolak will see what he can do.
1: Meanwhile, Harak contacts Kansu, Lord Zoolander, to let him know that they have SG-1 and they're alive and well. Kansu's like, that's awesome. I'm going to tell Anubis how great you are. Harak offers to interrogate SG-1. But Kansu's like, no, no, I'm going to do it myself. And Harak is very angry about that. Yes. <laughs> yes. He was really looking forward to torturing Jack, I'm sure. He sure was. Because they love torturing Jack. Mm-hmm. A sharpie Eyebrow Jaffa. <laughs> uh, that's a very clunky name. Yeah. Sharpie, sharpie Jaffa. Shur- Sharpa. Charpa. <laughs> J-P. Sharp apostrophe <laughs> E. <Yeah. laughs> yes, Sharpie. <laughs> anyway, this man finds a place for Felger and Coombs to hide behind some crates in some kind of storage room. He tells them not to move because they're going to die if they do. Not that they would just
0: automatically die, but
1: that probably someone will kill them.
0: Some hallway somewhere, Herrick and his many Jaffa are leading SG1 around. Jack wants to know when they get to meet the old Ginsu guy, as he calls Lord Zoolander. And they're led into some big circular room. It looks like a conference room, basically. Yeah. I was like, look at that comfortable seating area. There. Right? Yeah. It's like a yeah. circular bench with a table in the middle and a row of lighting around the outside. So they're sent off into that. And then a force field goes up. I guess they're just going to be held in there until Lord Zoolander can manage to come down and talk to them. So Herrick and his other guys leave. Meanwhile, Coombs and Felger are hiding in their little cargo bay, making more Star Trek references about how they are red shirts just waiting to die. Well, that's what Coombs thinks anyway. Felger says that they're not going to die. And then he says he doesn't even understand the red shirt reference. But come on, everyone understands on. the red shirt reference, yeah. even if you don't watch Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. They can see out of the cargo bay, and Dolak is out there in the hall when some other Jaffa come up, call him a Shulva, and then kill him. Eep. So that's bad. Yeah. Sharp apostrophe E is now dead. Coombs and Felger are freaking out because they just watched. That guy and also all of the other Jaffa that were with him get shot and killed. So they leave their cargo bay because they like to do things that they were told not to do. <laughs> and I guess they're going to go off and try to find SG-1 because they think SG-1 needs rescuing again. And Coombs is like, but no, I teach math at Yale. I'm not a soldier. So was like, oh, he's a local. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. His delivery on these lines was so good. He was so
0: funny in this. Yeah. He has a Vespa and two cats. Yeah. (laughs) Terrified and like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty amusing. Felger, though, tries to convince Coombs that they need to go and find SG-1 because something hinky is definitely going on. And Coombs is like, hinky is not even a word. And asks what dictionary that's from. I actually checked. It is in Merriam-Webster and the Oxford Dictionary and Dictionary.com, too. And apparently the word has been around since around the 1920s, according to Dictionary.com. Take that, applied math professor with a vespa
1: and two cats. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there. (laughs) Felger says he's got a plan, so they head out. (laughs) The plan is that
1: they dress up as Jaffa and ring down to the planet... Where SG1
0: is being held. I like their very shittily drawn on forehead tattoos.
1: (laughs) They're both Sharpays.
0: Yeah. Sharpies. (laughs) Exactly. Now they're both Sharpays. Yeah. (laughs) Which sounds more like a dog name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, if anyone's ever played Pixel Junk Monster, there's a spider like monster in that game, Pixel Junk Monsters, but it only has four legs. And so these tattoos that they've drawn on their foreheads just reminded me of those. Which one of them is carrying around a Sharpie? Right? I don't know. I don't know where they got the Sharpie. They must have gotten it from uh, Sharp Apostrophe E's pocket. Oh, true, true. Since he draws on his eyebrows yeah, with them. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. They're
1: not really pulling off the Jaffa air as they walk along. But, <laughs> not so much, no. <laughs> but apparently the costume's enough to at least get them out of the area they're in where they ring down. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> before where there are a lot of other Jaffa around. yeah.
1: Until they run into somebody in the woods who is like, what are you doing here? (laughs) Coombs and Felger are both like, and then Felger's like, he's sick. I
0: believe it's something he ate. We all know Jaffa don't get sick. That's not convincing. That's true. But then Coombs does vomit. (laughs) He does.
1: Because he's not a Jaffa. Yeah. And Felger takes the opportunity to zap the guy, which, yeah. I mean, that was good thinking, man. Yep, it was. Coombs like, you shot him. And he's like, nah, I just zatted him. It's fine. Yeah. And
0: they're headed towards Kansu's fortress. Inside that fortress, Kansu slash Zoolander is still there. Herrick comes up. Zoolander asks him where the prisoners are. But... They're no longer Zoolander's concern, according to Herrick, because they know that he is a Tokra. Apparently, everybody knew it, he said. Uh, except that Herrick has to tell everybody that Kansu is a Tokra. So I guess not everybody knew it, but he tried to make it sound like everybody knew it. Yeah. Anyway, Herrick says that he's in command now and sits on the throne, and they kill Zoolander. They do. Yep. SG-1 is let in, and they want to know where Zoolander is. Herak tells them that he's dead, and SG-1, of course, is a little dismayed to find that out because now they really are captives, actual captives instead of fake captives. Jack manages to get an elbow to the face to the Jaffa standing next to him. That is enough of a distraction that all of SG-1 is able to fight against the Jaffa holding them, but Herak has a pain stick that he takes Jack out with. Everyone else gets recaptured. So their attempt to escape is very short-lived. Herrick and his people want to know the names of all of the Tok'ra hiding in Anubis's rank, but Jack says, well, too bad, because you just killed the only guy that knew that. We knew nothing. We were just here for information, and we never got that information since you killed him before we can get it. So sucks to be you. Herrick, of course, promises torture, all kinds of torture, once Anubis gets there jack yells at him for ending his sentence with a preposition because he said that they have never experienced the likes of what anubis is capable of jack was back in fine
1: form after his uh time with ball here apparently yeah mouthing off no worse for wear of course yeah at the sgc they're just hanging around because what can they do Myers comes to see them and asks if anything is happening and Hammond says they did get a message from their Jaffa allies. It turns out everyone did know that Kansu Zoolander was a Tok'ra and that they also all know that he's been murdered and SG-1 is in Anubis's capture. Myers is like, we're going to try to rescue them. I'll volunteer. Even though he did not actually look like he wanted to do that, but that was good of him to volunteer. It was. was. He definitely
0: didn't seem eager to actually go, but it was brave of him to offer. Yes. Despite his reticence. Yes.
1: It doesn't matter anyway because they're not going to mount a rescue at this time because the planet is very heavily guarded. Myers asks about not leaving people behind because we can't go A few minutes without talking about that now. Right. Hammond's like, sorry, there's nothing we can do. It's just going to kill more people if we send them. SG1 is on their own. And so presumably are Felger and Coombs wherever they
0: are. (laughs) Indeed. And wherever they are is a hallway. This is what I was confusing with the scene before when I was like, they were in the ducts? Yes. Now they're (laughs) in the hallway, wandering around the hallway. Because, again, Felger says he studied the mothership plans and keeps acting like he knows where they're going, but then continues to get lost. (laughs) They've made their way into the pyramid, but they don't say where they're going. Coombs says they should just try to find SG-1, but Felger isn't convinced that that's the best course of action. So where he's trying to go instead, I'm not exactly sure. But they're just continuing to wander around the ship. Felger says they need to learn everything that they can and maybe try to find some weakness and exploit that weakness. So I guess that's where he thinks he's going is to find a weakness. But where he's going to find that weakness, we don't know. They do manage to find a control room of some sort eventually. It doesn't seem to be like the main Peltac, though. It's just some other extra random control room, which is weird. And there's a big hollow screen. That they're both amazed by. Amazing. And it is pretty cool. So they sit down and start having a snoop in the computer systems. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Meanwhile, SG-1 is in their cushy table area. Yeah. The
0: the weird conference room cell. They're still waiting on a server to come take their order. Yeah. This kind of reminded me of when we were on boat and watching karaoke. So I was expecting some oh, karaoke to start happening yeah. soon.
1: Yeah, at least Because some the karaoke bar
0: we were at was like this with the yes. benches. And yeah. Yeah. Instead
1: of karaoke, though, they get Felger contacting them mm. through the Gould intercom communication system.
0: How did he manage to find them rather than broadcasting to the I, entire ship?
1: Well, apparently they read Gould, so... <laughs> Yeah. He asks if everyone's okay. Jack asks where they are and they say they're in the pyramid and hiding in a control room. Sam is like, ooh, they could have access to the security system and they
0: could let us out. And Felger tells them they're working on that, in fact. If only they had one of those spiky balls that was put into Thor's head. Right. Then they could just control it. With Be their one brains. with <laughs> the pyramid. Be one with the ship. <laughs> yeah. Sam sort of directs them
1: to where they can find the commands for lowering the shields. Also, Jack says they need weapons. Coombs finds an armory, apparently, in the schematic that they've pulled up of the pyramid. So Felger goes to leave. Coombs then says either that or a bathroom. Coombs is going to stay there and work on the controls. He's trying to get the shield down, right? Yeah, yeah. Specifically, so they can get out. SG1's waiting on Coombs. Coombs eventually does get the force field down. Jack does take a moment to test first to make sure it's actually <laughs> down because it hurt like hell when he touched it the first time. True. So they get out of their seating area and they're about to leave when Felger runs in with Zats and drops them on the ground. <laughs> Which is very silly. Yes. Even though they're in the middle of rescuing him, Jack is still mad that they didn't listen to Jack in the first place twice. Yes. And he says, if you don't obey my orders anymore, I'm going to shoot you. Felger tells them the rest of their plan. And that is that Coombs can take the shield down maybe and they can get to the Stargate and get the hell out of there and then coombs can ring himself out and they can all go home piece of cake now i want cake mm, me too i'm hungry i should have had breakfast first yeah me too jack says they will take out the jaffa that are there he asks felger how many and felger's like a dozen taps. jack's like a dozen and Felger's like, this is what you do. You're SG-1. and <laughs> He's not wrong. No, and they all are sort of like, yeah, actually, he's got a point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look what I can do. <laughs> but what does that have to do with him? No, no. He's got a point.
0: So that's their plan. Yeah. They head out. Jack radios to Coombs to see what kind of progress he's making and also where he needs to go. So Coombs gives him some instructions. As they're walking down the hall, Felger's just continuing to fanboy, telling Jack that he can't believe that he's here with you, like this. And all it's missing is some b- bad guy Jaffa's chasing them. They hear some footsteps. So, of course, they assume it's Jaffa, since Felger was just talking about how it would be great if there was some Jaffa there chasing them. It is actually a Jaffa, but it's only Tilk, who'd been out in the hall just kind of keeping a lookout. But there are more Jaffa, scary Jaffa, on the way, so they got to keep going. Coombs keeps working on getting the shield down. He is finally successful with that. And so SG-1's gonna try to get out of there. And they tell Coombs to also try to find the nearest ring transport and get out of there as well. Although Jack says to wait for his signal before Coombs rings out. But unfortunately, before Coombs can actually do that, a bunch of Jaffa come up to the door and start firing on him. And he shuts the door before they manage to get into the room. I assume he locked it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, hopefully.
1: <laughs> the team reaches the area where the Stargate is, and there are indeed many Jaffa. Jack starts throwing out where everyone needs to position themselves so that they can start this process of killing dozen Jaffa. He looks at Felger and is like, Do we need to talk about anything? And Felger's like, Nope, I promise, I'm just going to stay here. No matter what, even if you're writhing in agony, calling for me, I'm gonna stay here. I hope Jonas has a real gun this time
0: instead of an intar. I
1: hope so. <laughs> Jack gives Felger a radio, and then they get to it. They start shooting Jaffa. Oh no, they don't. He doesn't have a real gun at all. They have zats, right? Because they didn't yeah, have well, their I weapons. mean, like a
0: zat can also be oh, an intar. Fair, fair.
1: <laughs> it's really yes. what I
0: meant. You know, they do oh, have zats okay. instead of real guns, but I hope he doesn't have an intar. Hopefully, has a real zat. Felger did not grab any intar. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I like Tilk in this ambush scene. He's lying in wait underwater. Yeah,
0: it was pretty amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Just comes bursting out like a crocodile. It was awesome. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Felger is just enjoying the show, meanwhile. So he's sitting back and watching his heroes in action. It's pretty great. But then, unfortunately, he gets a call from Coombs. And Coombs lets him know he is trapped and
0: needs help and can't get out. After the firefight is over, Felger runs up to let everybody know that Coombs is stuck. They talk to Coombs, and we see a quick glimpse of him hiding in the room, and we see a close-up of the door that is cracking, but that somehow mysteriously looks more like painted foam than actual metal. Coombs asks Felger to take care of his cats for him since he doesn't think he's gonna make it but of course they're not gonna leave a man behind Mm-mm. so Jack wants SG-1 to be ringed back into the pyramid so that they can go and save Coombs Coombs does manage to ring SG-1 in and so finally when the door is broken down it is not Jaffa that come bursting in but SG-1 because they have killed all of the Jaffa that were outside <gasps> trying to break in Woo.
1: yeah uh, this is another like Moment where I was like, damn,
0: he's playing this so good. He was yeah. so
1: relieved. and like He was very relieved. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. So they get back down to the Stargate area. Felger and Coombs have a nice little reunion. But Jack's like, there's time for that later. They need to get out of there. And, of course, there are still more Jaffa around. So some Jaffa come out of nowhere, start firing at all of them. Herak is there as well. And Jack just gloats at him as they go through the gate and escape (laughs) next
1: we are back in the sgc apparently sometime later
0: felger and coombs are uh dressed up in what suits or tuxes i don't know yeah i think one of them it was in a suit and one of them was in a tux
1: the gate room has been adorned for a ceremony to give out medals which we've seen before or yes. when sam got her promotion I don't know. Anyway. yeah we've seen yeah. similar
0: ceremonies i did think it was a bit weird but we have seen similar types of things so i was like i guess yeah maybe this is plausible
1: felger and coombs are getting an air force civilian award for valor which i now think i should have looked up to see if that's even a thing
0: let's find out now
1: <laughs> you
0: can keep talking okay. if you like i will look it up while you're talking Jack pins the medals
1: on the men and says that even though you disobeyed my orders twice, we wouldn't be here without you and your true heroes. (laughs) He shakes their hands. Everyone's applauding. Then Sam shakes Coombs' hand and kisses him on the cheek. And then she starts
0: making out with Felger, which is totally plausible. Everybody loves Sam, so of course he's going to want this to happen. Yeah, yeah. fantasize about it. Spoiler. He's
1: (laughs) lucky, though, that it is in fact a fantasy because if she kissed him for real, he'd die. He He probably probably would. (laughs) So. (laughs) Yep. Yep. But it turns out this is not a real ceremony and Felger is in a lab ignoring his work again to play out this fantasy in his head. Coombs brings him back to reality and tells him to get back to work. They get back to work, Coombs calls him a geek, Felger calls him a nerd, and that's the end of the episode.
0: It is. And according to militarymedals.com Air Force Civilian Award for Valor Medal and Ribbon is in fact a thing. The Air Force awards this to civilians who carry out sustained notable work of merit in the service of the United States. Awardees must exceeded good typo in there i don't know how reputable this site is then with that nice (laughs) typo awardees must exceed standards and expectations in performing this work this award is presented to civilian employees of the united states air force who demonstrate bravery or sacrifice their own personal safety beyond expectations so he legit could have been awarded that had yeah 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 i was concerned that he had just made up an award in his head so it was just but yeah cool This is actually confirmed by a few other websites that I'm looking at that it is an actual thing. Nice. I mean, I think
1: that pretty much anybody who works for the SGC probably deserves one. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Because they're constantly putting themselves
0: in danger by just being there. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Seriously. (laughs) So I already know, but I'll ask anyway. Did you like the episode? I did like this episode.
1: I like this episode a lot. Because I love... When a bunch of humor is injected into (laughs) my TV shows. There's always humor in SG-1, but this is obviously like beyond that. That was very funny. I thought they did a great job with the cast. I thought they were very well chosen people. I don't know him from anything else, Felger. I looked him up and I was like, I've never seen anything. I also looked him up. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, so it was well done. (laughs) I enjoy it when you sort of take away the focus from the main cast a little bit to kind of get an outsider perspective. So it was all good to me. I mean, obviously, I think that the whole thing could have been avoided had SG-1 just opened their mouths to begin with. But then we wouldn't have this funny episode. And I really like it. How about you?
0: It was okay, in my opinion. The bickering, while funny at times and better than bickering that we've seen before with like Rodney being super sexist and Sam just (laughs) telling him off for being super sexist, the bickering still annoys me under any circumstances, although it was at times amusing, especially when they were talking about Star Trek stuff because of the fact that John Billingsley is in Star Trek. Also, I really like that guy as an actor. So that did help to make it better. Yeah. So it it was funny in parts and amusing in parts. But overall, I found it to be a little bit tedious just because of the constant back and forth. Fair. But there were parts that were exciting and parts that were enjoyable. So I didn't dislike it. I just had mixed feelings about it. And some parts, like I said, were a little bit too tedious for me. But other parts were funny and entertaining or exciting. Ugh. How dare you? You're insulting I know. me. I know. I am. I <laughs> insult you every chance I get, really. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. I have one other thing to say. It's not yes. about the feelings about the episode. Felger. His yes. name is Felger. Other people called him Felger. Jack, through the whole thing, called him Felger. Do you think that <laughs> that was Jack deliberately being disrespectful of Felger? Like, I can't be bothered to even know your real name,
0: nerd. Or just a choice that Richard Dean Anderson made? or I hadn't even noticed that, but I'm going to assume that they're just trying to keep in the canon where nobody can decide how to say people's names (laughs) in the same way. Reasonable. Because even like we talk about, you know, Dr. Fraser all the time. I'm sure you've probably noticed that half of them call her Fraser because that's how her name is actually spelled. But then half of them call her Fraser. They can't decide how to pronounce the Jaffa or the Gold. Or whatever. So I'm just going to yeah. assume that it's in fair with that.
1: They really should just call her Frager, Right? Frager,
0: <laughs> Exactly. They should. Frager. <laughs> yes. What are we going to watch next? We are watching Season 6, Episode 9, Allegiance. Fleeing a guawold attack, the Tok'ra must take refuge at the SGC Alpha site occupied by Rebel Jaffa. Centuries of bad blood between the two races begins to boil as an unseen assassin wreaks havoc on the camp. Can O'Neill, only O'Neil, nobody else, <laughs> stop the bloodshed before the assassin escapes with the alpha site's coordinates? Alternatively, the TVDB says, that was the booklet, this is the TVDB, tensions rise between the Tok'ra and Rebel Jaffa at the SGC's off-world base when they are attacked by an invisible enemy. All right. Yeah. Well,
1: this sounds intriguing.
0: It does. I have no recollection of this episode. I've had at least vague recollections of the last several. Yeah, this one, nothing. I'm looking forward to SG one quarter saving the day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Only Jack. No, yep. one nope, nope, yep. no one else. Nope. Nope. There's no one else. Nope. Absolutely not.
1: Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. It is it. I need to go eat a breakfast. Okay. Well, we should wrap this up. Yes. I do need to eat <laughs> breakfast as well. Thank you so much everyone for listening please remember to subscribe and review our podcast tell your friends about it you can get in touch with us if you would like uh through several means you can email us at stargazing at gmail.com you can visit our website stargazing.space where you can leave us voice messages and Ooh. regular messages
0: yay yeah but don't try to sell us stuff.
1: No, no. No. We don't no. care about our sales leads. We don't uh, need that. We're going to get a bunch of beach body sales, aren't we? <laughs> like offers. I hate you for saying that because now you <laughs> will. Um, you can also... Don't do that. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> you can also visit us on Instagram at Stargazing or on Mastodon at stargazing at mastodon.world. And finally, if you like what you're hearing and would like to help us continue to do it, you can go to patreon.com slash stargazing and give us money if you want. Yay! Yeah. I'm Kathy. <laughs> did you forget who
0: you were for a second? I did.
1: <laughs> I'm Mary. And you have been listening to Stargazing. The end. The end. I think I got everything that time. I think you
0: did. Yeah. Granted, I was only half listening. (laughs) That's fine. I was only (laughs) half listening too. Yeah. Nice job. Thanks. I only ever half listen to anything you say. That is
1: totally reasonable because everything I say is nonsense. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, it's true. Very true.